It's Monday, September 19th. I'm Pam Jones. A judge orders convicted murderer Adnan Syed to be freed. A new poll conducted by Goucher College in partnership with WIPR and the Baltimore Banner shows Democrats would sweep the midterm election if held today. There's some optimism about the economy, too. We'll have those stories and some headlines coming up and talking about sexuality to children as young as three and a half. An educator of human sexuality for half a century says, yes, we can. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Adnan Syed is now a free man. According to the Baltimore Banner, Judge Melissa Finn has freed Syed from jail and thrown out his conviction in the murder of his high school girlfriend, Heyman Lee. The judge ordered Syed to remain on home detention pending a new trial, and the judge has given Baltimore prosecutors 30 days to decide whether they want to drop the murder charge or try him again. The case attained international attention as the subject of the Breakthrough True Crime podcast, Serial. A new Goucher College poll shows 45 percent of Maryland voters are optimistic about the economy. The poll, which surveyed 1,000 adults, was conducted in partnership with WIPR and the Baltimore Banner. WIPR's Kristen Mossbrucker with that story. The majority of Maryland voters polled said that the economy and taxes were top issues. About 55 percent of Democrats had a mostly positive opinion of the economy, while 28 percent of Republicans felt the same. Democrat Carolyn Berry says she has seen a strong labor market. Um, all my friends are, you know, gainfully employed. And when they do leave a job, they are able to find jobs, you know, pretty, pretty easily. By contrast, Republican Rob Enders is concerned about economic growth. I think that government overspending is exasperating the inflationary pressures, causing markets and other issues within the economy in a negative way. Baltimore area inflation was up 10 percent compared to last August, but has slowed since July. Kristen Mossbrooker, WIPR News. We'll have a report on who voters want and why in the Maryland gubernatorial race coming up. A former swimmer at the University of Maryland in Baltimore County is suing her alma mater, saying that the school failed to protect her when she reported an abusive relationship with a teammate. The Title IX lawsuit was filed last week in U.S. District Court in Baltimore. It claims the school demanded she conceal her sexual and emotional abuse when she reported it to Coach Chad Craddock four years ago. Recently, an outside law firm determined Craddock created a hostile environment and engaged Engaged in sexual harassment during his tenure. The former coach committed suicide last year. Baltimore County Public Schools is issuing a strict warning to students and parents about bringing weapons to schools. The warning comes after weapons were seized in schools last week. The first discovery came when a pair of Perry Hall Middle School students were both found carrying a toy gun on a school bus. Officials say later in the week, two other weapons turned up on campuses around the county. According to the county's student handbook, any student found in possession of a gun on school property will be removed for up to one year from school. (music) 
A new poll conducted by Goucher College in partnership with WIPR and the Baltimore Banner finds that if the midterm election were held today, Democrats would likely sweep the statewide races on the ballot. WIPR's Rachel Bay spoke with some of the people polled and has this report. When it comes to politics, Jim Marshall describes himself as center-right. The Howard County resident says he's a registered independent, and he has been impressed by Republican Governor Larry Hogan. So who's he going to pick for governor on the ballot in November? At this point, I think I'm going to write in Kelly Schultz. Schultz, Hogan's pick to be his successor, lost the Republican primary to Dan Cox in July. But Marshall thinks Cox's views are too extreme. His stance on abortion and his support of Donald Trump and how he questions the validity of the last presidential vote and his, you know, his stance on what happened on January 6th. It's just very hard for any moderate person to, to swallow. According to the new poll, 35 percent of likely voters see Cox as, quote, far or extreme right. But Marshall is among just 1 percent of likely voters polled who plan to vote for a governor whose name isn't on the ballot. Scott Gere, a registered Republican who lives in Pikesville, was among the majority of those polled who said they plan to vote for Democrat Wes Moore. So I tend to vote for people who I think are best for the job. And when I compare the credentials of the Democratic contender, Dan Cox, well, there's hardly any comparison to be made at all. Wes Moore is so much more accomplished and I believe more intelligent than the Republican candidate that it's a lay down. 53% of likely voters polled said they plan to support more, compared with 31% who plan to back Cox. Rob Enders of Queen Anne's County was part of that 31%. He says Cox appeals to people who want a change, even some people who have supported Democrats in the past. They feel the hardship of the policies that have been implemented or victims of crime or can't hardly make ends meet or afford housing or the food prices and all that. Enders, like the vast majority of likely voters polled, said he is firm on his choice of governor. Yolanda Seabrooks was among just 28 percent who said they could change their minds. For now, at least, the West Baltimore resident is leaning towards supporting more. We've had a lot of, you know, career politicians, people who have kind of been part of the machine for a long time. And I think it would be helpful to have someone with a little bit different experience and background, but also someone who's kind of a son of Baltimore and understands the issues impacting the citizens of the city and the state as well. As for which issues voters say should be among the next governor's chief concerns, more than 60 percent of voters polled named the economy and taxes, crime and public safety, and public schools and education. Judy Engelsearch, who lives in Anne Arundel County, said crime is a top concern for her. I used to live in Baltimore. I love Baltimore. I'm a Baltimore girl. But, you know, my daughter is now living in Baltimore, and I worry every day because the crime has really increased drastically, I think, over the last five, ten years. Angle Search was among the 46% of Marylanders polled who said government should spend more money addressing the social and economic causes of crime, such as mental health, drug addiction, housing, and education. Just over a quarter of those polled said more money should be spent on the criminal justice system and training police, and just under a quarter said the government should do both.
Rachel Bay, WYPR News. The topic of sex education, whether in the schools or talking with young family members, always elicits no shortage of opinions from experts and lay people alike about just what approach is the right approach. But approaching the topic in conversations with children as young as three and a half years old, is that even possible? Is it a good idea? Deborah Rothman says yes to both. She's been a human sexuality educator and consultant for the past 50 years and is a longtime faculty member at the Park School here in Baltimore. Her most recent book is a colorful board book, The Science of Babies, a little book for big questions about bodies, birth, and families. Rothman was a recent guest on WIPR's Midday Show with Tom Hall. To young children, their questions about their origins have nothing to do with sex. They don't know about it. They don't want to know about it. So I've spent a very long time trying to figure out what it is uh, that they're really asking about. Uh, So it, it it was very gradual, but finally it occurred to me that what they're really asking is not about something that's an adult issue, right? So we project that onto young children. It has nothing to do with sex to them. To them, it those questions come from their evolving development, particularly cognitive development. So that uh, I ask questions across the country of folks. And the first question I ask often with parents of young children is how many of you have um, had your children ask you questions, your young children, about their origins, just sort of spontaneously? So whether it was from a student, an inquisitive preteen relative, or even one of your own kids, we can all probably remember getting asked as an adult about sexuality or how we first learned about it. Rothman says she's posed the question as a researcher across the country. What's the first question they're likely to ask, and when are they likely to ask it? And the responses were near universal. Isn't that exciting? So the first question, which they tend to ask at age four, is, where did I come from? The question they ask at five is typically is how did I get out of there and at six the question typically is but how did I get in there in the first place now that was a good question but most schools don't start teaching sex education until sometime in middle school Rothman says that's a bit too late my experience, and this is not a scientific study, but I've been across the country in many, many, many different communities. The average elementary school in this country is, well, the average school system is three to seven years late teaching basic benchmarks around human reproduction, the basics. Because if we were really tuning into their cognitive development, see, many people think that readiness like, is emotional. It's not emotional, it's cognitive. Uh, so if we're not tuning into four-year-old questions, five, six-year-old questions, by the time they, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say by the time they are eight, from that point on, 
this becomes remedial because they're not growing up in a vacuum, right? They're hearing it from somewhere. And here, where, and there, and everywhere. And that becomes their baseline knowledge, right? And then they keep... So if the, my baseline of knowledge is wrong, I just keep adding things on top of that, right? And some of it we'll never get to. If you want to hear Tom Hall talk more about sex with Deborah Rothman, you can listen to the entire interview by going to midday at WIPR.org. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, John Lee, Scott Massioni, Joe McCord, Kristen Mossbrucker, and Bethany Raja. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. Remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.